Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Key Orion, the man who is obsessed with making great music and teaching you how to make your own. And if you're tuning in on video and you think, Kia, do you wear the same clothes every day? Yes, I do. When I'm home with my mom and dad, it is cold. I'm now, I think, part reptile because I'm cold-blooded. I need a hot rock somewhere that I can just be sunbathing. I need a hot rock that I can just be hanging out on because I'm fucking cold back in upstate New York. But it is what it is. So, yes, I'll be wearing a hat inside, a hoodie, a couple layers. You know, I'm doing I'm doing whatever I got to do, you know what I mean, to, to stay warm. But this episode is not about me. This is about some of my favorite books that I read, people's stories, some of the top takeaways from the last 365 days in 2021 that I'm stoked to share with you today. Some of these books are episodes in themselves that I've done kind of deep dives on, but since it's the new year, I like to do a recap and just thinking about going forward what I'm into and and just it's a time for reflection in general. And that's what I want to dive into with y'all today. I did some deep thinking, some deep diving, took some notes around books that really affected me over the last year and just books that I enjoyed in general as well. So some of these are going to have some takeaways. Some of these uh, won't. Some of these are just going to be books that I was like, man, I really love this and I recommend it. I've been reading a lot of fiction lately. And so a lot of these are not necessarily books that like change my life or like it's not like these have any crazy takeaways for you, but just I think could be fun books if you're looking for good fiction or even nonfiction to read. But of course, in this Kia, there got to be some books with some takeaways. You know what I mean? So let's jump into it. First of all, this is not going to be a super long pod. So I'm going to kind of do these a little bit rapid fire, but I put, took some notes on these and I hope that we can make sense of these together. All right. Let's do it. So the first one is by hands down. If I don't talk about this book in every single pod, I don't know what I'm doing because this thing was a game changer. If you know me at all, if you've listened to any of these pods, you already know what I'm going to say. And that is Victor Frankl's Man Search for Meeting. Did you guess it? Did you beat me to it? I bet you did. So here's the deal. This book I read... When I was living in Merida in Mexico, and I just got my vasectomy, and this is very unpleasant visually, but I got in a hematoma, so that means it's, it's like a big, it's like a, it's like a clot of blood that's really painful. In and around the manly parts, you know, so uh, that was I had to wear like a like this big almost like grown man diaper it was like a jock strap on steroids and I was I like could barely walk and I'm like limping around it's hot it's Merida so you're in the Yucatan in Mexico so it's just like hot and I'm like barely able to walk around and I don't have, it's just, it was it was not a super pleasant time but I remember listening to this audiobook I'd heard about this book a lot of times I I was like, this sounds kind of depressing. He's like a Holocaust survivor. I was like, man, this is going to be really heavy. But absolute game changer because I did a deep dive on this, I'm pretty sure, in another pod. So 
I'll link that up below or you can check it out. But long story short, he was a psychologist, psychiatrist, psychologist, psychiatrist, and he ended up getting caught up in the whole Holocaust. I think it was, oh man, what was the really famous prison camp? Auschwitz. So he gets caught up in Auschwitz. He loses his wife. I think he has, I can't remember if he has a daughter or not. I can't remember, but he loses pretty much all of his family. And he has, but he's been working on like this, his, is pretty much a manuscript for his ideas or it's a, it's a manuscript for a book or something. It's pretty much his like penultimate or it's like his manifesto in a way. It's like something he's been working on for, <clears throat> excuse me, COVID, working on forever and they end up taking that from him too. So they pretty much take everything from this man and he describes what it's like being in these prison camps and it's just brutal. It's it's hard to even fathom how intense these were. But they really, I think the point was to strip you of everything. Your, your, every piece of your, your humanity. And what he talks about, why it's so powerful, is because it's not just some like psychology BS of like, here's how you feel better and happy. It's like, he really breaks down for you. He gives you real takeaways, real perspectives on how to find meaning in life, especially if you have nothing. And it's also a good perspective to keep in mind, to check yourself, to realize how much you do have. And I think that's that that coming from a place of gratitude for me has been incredibly helpful. But I like I'm I'm a dreamer, but I'm also very much based in practicality. I'm very much based in this world. I like things that are of this world that I can use for my own life. It's not just like the secret, like stare at yourself and believe you're better and you'll be better. Like I do believe in mindset, but I do think there's so much around action based in action and real concrete takeaways, things that you can do to change the way you think. And that was a huge piece of this book is like, he actually lays out like, man, he had some really cool, some really cool takeaways. I had a bunch of quotes. One of them was, um, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something it was like when you, I mean, I'm not even going to try because I butcher it. But here are a couple other ones that I did write down that had a lasting impression on me. So one is, he talks so much about meaning and pain and suffering. Like this kind of, the beauty of these things and the interplay between them and why they're actually really important to finding meaning in life. And so he, he talks about this as, the point isn't to have a painless life. What man, quote, what man actually needs is not a tensionless state but rather the striving and struggling for a worthwhile goal, a freely chosen task. What he needs is not the discharge of tension at any cost, but the call of a potential meaning waiting to be filled, fulfilled by him. And that, I think, is the key. Is The, the, the point isn't to run away from pain. The, pain is, the point isn't to have a pain-free life. The point isn't to have no tension. The point is to find what pain is worth suffering for that there is actually a beauty and a point to suffering even that I thought was so powerful, especially in that moment when I felt for me, you know, I wasn't in the Holocaust, but for me, it was kind of suffering for Kia, a tough, you know, cup, tough couple weeks, can't really walk, a lot of pain. It, it, you're just uncomfortable. Like after it's post-surgery, you, if you have had a surgery, you know what it's like, like post-surgery life is not fun. 
And to find meaning in the suffering was so powerful to me, especially in that point. A couple other pieces. This was powerful. He said, he that has a why to live for can bear with almost anyhow. And that was also a game changer for me just because it's like really finding that purpose, finding that why that you can bear with just about anything if your purpose is deep enough. And then another one, I don't know if this is actually from this book. I can't remember. I just took it. It was in my notes at that same time in my life. Like I went back to all my notes that I was that I took from this book. And I actually don't think this is from his, but it was just in that ballpark same time. And I was like, that's a rad idea I wanted to include in here is that your shadow is directly proportional to your dream. Meaning if you have a tiny dream, you have it as a tiny shadow, meaning it's like there's not much to risk there. There's not much to sacrifice there. The bigger your dream, the bigger your shadow. I thought that was a cool idea. And also the bigger your dream, the more people around you, you'll feel resistance to it because there's change there and it's it's dangerous potentially. So I just thought that was a cool quote. But long story short, this is a book I need to revisit every year because it's just that powerful to see what human beings are capable of both in terms of brutality, also in terms of their survival mechanism when you have something to live for, when you have a why to live for, what you're willing to endure in order to see that through really powerful pain and the suffering could not recommend that book enough okay moving on the next one it was called educated this wasn't a book for takeaways this was just a great read this was an autobiography or a memoir from tara westover i think her name is or westbrook westover west something she was pretty much raised in a super religious family like her dad was like a end of days type of guy so like he was always prepping for the end of days. He like ran a junkyard and it was like super anti-government, super like below the radar. So she didn't have a birth certificate. They never had any official documentation in terms of just documents that you have in life. She, the restrictions on her life were crazy. And the dad was pretty much like building out this bunker for like end of times type stuff. They were Mormon, super strict Mormon. And she goes on to, just achieve some pretty incredible stuff and and the way that she escaped from that that oppressive family I just thought was incredible. So a couple this wasn't a book for takeaways, but I, I made a couple notes. One was you aren't the box that other people put you in, which I loved. It was like her whole family not her whole family, I think she had one brother. She also had a brother that was super abusive, but she had one brother that was went off to college. And but the whole family right wants you to be something. I thought it was cool being able to break out of these narratives that people put you in or break out of these scripts that people give you. Another one was the importance of cutting ties with those who no longer serve you, which I think speaks for itself, especially in hers. It was the power of getting away from her family and able in order to get close to what she wanted to do. And then another one was what programming are you running subconsciously, which I loved just these ideas that other people I, it was like it wasn't until I think she went to college that she started to understand like certain things like just it was really fascinating to see how long she had run programming subconsciously because she never had exposure to other programming. So that was just a great book. Loved that. Educated. It's equally like heart wrenching and 
laugh out loud funny and heartwarming at the same time. Great writer, crazy story, highly recommend. Another one is recommended by my buddy Dylan Owen. Shout out D.O. If you're listening to this, Dylan, you already know what it is. Appreciate you, brother. Young Skins. This was a collection of short stories, fictional short stories, all based in Ireland. And just cool writing. Really fascinating little snippets of people's lives. I really loved it. And just interesting interesting uh, fiction stories that I found a pleasant kind of different vibe from any book that I, this, that was one that was unlike any other book in this list. Okay. The next one is a twofer. I'm giving you a two for one. This is two books by the same author that I think had kind of, that I read at the same time, like pretty much the same time they were back to back, which is really fascinating that they were back to back because they were like a decade apart, I think close to it. This is, this is by Neil Strauss, who was a journalist, and it was called The Game. And he was a, pretty much a, gon, it was like gonzo journalism. Like he dives in and he's not like reporting about it. He like jumps into the subculture, learns about it, and then reports about it. And The Game is about the subculture of pickup, of like pickup artists, of men who would like live together it ended up being like they lived in this mansion together out in like Hollywood and like they had these there was a whole culture of like how to pick up women but it was it didn't start that way it started like just kind of all like it was just super weird and random like guys that like had this like secret like psychology and then Neil Strauss the one who was the journalist ended up becoming like the leader of the entire movement which was just kind of fascinating to see him on that journey and I know pickup gets a bad rap but a lot of what it is I think for me my big takeaways were around like self-confidence and being comfortable in your skin and all and taking care of yourself but also was so powerful around one of the takeaways I wrote down was how physical attraction matters but it's not everything Neil Strauss he's like a bald dude he's like five six It's not like he was like the hottest guy on the planet, which was really cool to see how well he did with women because of all the other attributes that he had and that he was able to engage women in interesting, meaningful conversations and understand psychology. And he, he, there were, there were these, these elements of the book that I found as important takeaways of being able to just be better, more confident in yourself in conversation. And that, that resonated with me a lot. And that the reason it's a twofer is because that's also with about 10 years later, he wrote this book called The Truth, which was almost like completely counter to that book. It wasn't counter, but it was just in conversation in a cool way where he had then fallen in love and wanted to get married. And so he's, he's kind of, but he ends up like, I think he ends up cheating on his girlfriend or something, the woman he wants to marry. And so like how he's trying to navigate getting her back and also doing all the self-work that he needed to do in order to be in a meaningful relationship. And it changed the way I thought about relationships in terms of at this point in my life, I'm kind of thinking about intimacy and sex and commitment and how those three things kind of play out together. And I just had some interesting kind of takeaways around how I'm not necessarily scared of intimacy, 
or a relationship per se. I think it's the idea again of freedom of like I the idea that sex with one person is often linked to a relationship. It's those ideas that I end up finding friction with, not necessarily the love or the commitment toward or or the the emotional commitment towards one person is the physical commitment that I'm finding. That's where a lot of my friction is in my own personal relationships, intimate relationships with women, intimate partners and things of that nature. So it's cool the way that he that affected me a lot because he explores a lot of that stuff. And that's just what I'm into at this moment in time. And so I just found that interesting. And yeah, I, they were cool to kind of read back to back, even though they were 10 years apart and kind of like opposite ends of the same spectrum. All right, the next one that I really liked and unfortunately haven't finished yet, but I'm going to, I have two more, two that are unfinished that I'm still working on, but that I started last year that I want to hook you up with are one, it's called The Elephant in the Brain. This was a really cool book and just awesome ideas in general, but it's this idea, you know how they say the elephant in the room? This one's called The Elephant in the Brain, meaning it's this idea that we evolved as much more, we have so much more of our primal peace to us. I, I don't exactly know the right word, but like how much we, how we're still such an animal, but we just don't acknowledge that often. Like how much are our actions are inspired by status, sex, uh, um, uh, kind of beca- like power these different things that we all kind of know, but like don't want to talk about, which I'm just super into because I'm just really into diving into that part of psychology and that part of ourself as animals. And, and that that's a very real piece of us of like, how long have we been around? What, like 50,000 years. And so for the, maybe it's like the last 10,000 we've actually haven't been, I, I don't quote me on those numbers, but it's something like that, that we haven't been nomadic and actually been able to like build societies with, hierarchy and structure and stuff like that compared to just like being nomadic and and having more of those less being about like obtaining things but what was really fascinating about this was one of the big takeaways for me was how often kind of one of the stories that we're told or that we believe is that why we develop to have such such complex thinking and such a big brain to be able to handle these things is because of tools like that we had discovered fire and then because we had tools we were able to kind of develop more quickly and more quote-unquote advanced mentally than other animals but what these two scientists are arguing is that we actually evolved because of politics and how much politics actually influences our brain development like the way that we had to hold in our brain different scenarios and relationships with other people of like if i do this maybe x y and z happens and like alliance creating alliances and friendships and betrayal and sneaky shit but also forming complex complicated bonds for self-gain how those ended up actually affecting our our brain development, our mental development, the development of our species much more than like quote unquote tools or fire or these other things that we had thought about. And 
other nope i think that was the the last on that one in takeaways other books that i read a ton of books that i read last year these are just shout outs because i love thrillers on my dad's son my dad still reads a ton of those like spy novels not spy novels but like you know what i mean like the they're thrillers but they're like cop thrillers or whatever for me detective novels that's it I've been on a kick since I moved to Mexico two years ago on this Norwegian author named Joe Nesbo. And he has this series called the Harry Hole series. Harry Hole is a detective. And I've read damn near all of them. Although I still have maybe like two or three left. But those are just like the very first ones. I ended up starting like halfway through the series or something. So I've been reading a ton of those. I just love the way he writes. Joe Nesbo, the Norwegian author. Check it out. Harry Hole series, and then I also read like a one-off by him called The Sun, which I think Jake Gyllenhaal is going to is trying to produce as a movie, and they're just great. If you're into detective thrillers, highly recommend those. No big takeaways, just really enjoyable. And then the last piece, I'm also right now reading Will Smith's biography or his, his memoir, and I'm reading another book, another fiction book called Razorblade Tears. And I may be halfway through with it, but it's really good. Highly recommend that too. If it's again, it's kind of like a thriller novel, but it's about two dads. They are, they both had gay sons. Their sons, their gay sons were a couple, but they're in the South, I think. And so both dads had kind of like an estranged or tough relationship with their sons. What's one's a black guy, one's a white guy. And their sons end up getting brutally murdered, but the trail goes cold. Ooh. So the dads team up to try to figure out who killed their sons. So it's very, it's intense. It's very kind of emotionally heavy, but it's also laugh out loud, funny at the same time and just a gripping thriller. So if that's kind of your vibe, then I'd imagine you dig this. So that's where I'm going to wrap it up for right now. I've got a bunch of books that I want to read, but I'm going to save those for next time. If you want book recommendations, holler at me. If you have book recommendations, holler at me too, because I'm always hungry to read more. I've been uh, chomping at the bit just to have some more reading time lately because I'm really enjoying reading again. It's been a long time since I've really enjoyed reading, but I got a Kindle that was a game changer for me. And... A couple other resources which uh, were given to me by a friend so you can get audiobooks <coughs> for free. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, ebooks. I mean, it's completely legal. Anyways, that's all for today's pod. Those are some of my biggest books and takeaways from 2021. Again, if you have recommendations, holler at me. I'm at Kia Orion everywhere on the internet. You can find me there. Thank you for tuning in. If you even made it this far, you a real one. I'll check you next week. Peace.